Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session, and today we're heading into the third dimension with our good pal Gino. As always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming back to the university the nerdy mixologist himself and host of the Pass the Controller podcast, Brennan Groom, to talk about some Super Mario RPG remake. Welcome back, Brennan. How's it going? It's going great. I'm happy to be back. Uh, I... Is this my second semester, or how does this work? Uh, uh, you're just coming back. You're, you're a guest lecturer, you know. Okay, uh, okay, okay. We're moving on from Gen 1 Pokemon into uh, some Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, Gen 1 Pokemon released the same year as this did. That is funny. I, I didn't even put that together. I will say, too, you are uh, scooping up, like, not only... Pokemon Gen 1 was my first RPG, turn-based RPG, or probably my first RPG, to be honest. Um, Very formative game for me. Super Mario RPG, also one of my first RPGs, one of my favorite games of all time, and an also very formative game. So you're just, you're you're hitting all the the right games for me, personally. Destiny has just aligned itself, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, As any good RPG does, Destiny plays such a big part. Destiny and Friendship. Um, and don't trust the church. Those are pretty much the three tenets of RPGs, uh, mm-hmm. as as I have learned them. But yes, we are here to talk about some Super Mario RPG, primarily focusing on the remake aspect, or the remake, but also, I mean, you can't talk about the remake without also touching on the original. But this was actually I, I another first, I realized. This is the first kind of revisit episode RPG University is doing, because back in... 2020 or 2021 i had an episode just focusing on the original this is the first one talking about like a remake or a remaster of a game so it's very exciting all around this is going to be a great time but so the original game as we uh brendan and i were just talking about released back in 1996 in it released on march 9th of 1996 in japan and on may 13th here in the west in the u.s the Wii got it on Virtual Console on June 24th, 2008, and then August 22nd for the UK and Australia in 2008, and finally September 1st here in the States on September 1st, 2008. It then came to the Wii U Virtual Console on August 5th in Japan of 2015, and Christmas Eve, which is conveniently in a few weeks from when we're recording this in Australia, Christmas Day in the UK, and then, for whatever reason, the United States had to wait until June 30th of 2016 to get this. Uh, then there was the Super NES Classic. This was included when that was released back in 2017. And now this this new remake released just a few short weeks ago on the Nintendo Switch. So, finally, like, ground-up remake. Very cool stuff. But some other notable releases that released back when the original game came out back in 96 include crash bandicoot 2 civilization 2 donkey kong country 3 mario kart 64 super mario 64 duke nukem 3d elder scrolls 2 daggerfall pokemon red and blue diablo 
and Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, just to name a few. Big year. And yeah, this year, it's wild. A lot of great games that year. Yeah, very, very much so. So right at the beginning, Brennan, you mentioned that this was much like Pokemon Gen 1 was a very formative RPG and a formative game for you. So take us back. Like, what's your history with the Legend of Seven Stars? With this I game? I have a very interest. Oh, I, I don't Maybe it's not interesting, but to me, it's an interesting because it's a not a typical experience with this game. So coming out in 96, you know, I'm still very young like seven years old or so. Uh, so not like I have disposable income to buy the things that I want. So we never had this game when I was growing up. And I wouldn't have played this probably for another few years because it would be end up becoming the first game that I ever downloaded a ROM for. So that was my first experience with this game and it might actually be the only game i've ever downloaded a rom for to be honest like i needed this game i always wanted mm-hmm. this game i don't think the rental store we because we didn't go to like a blockbuster or anything when we were mm-hmm. younger we had like a local video store uh shout out to sully's video which i don't think exists i'm sure it doesn't exist anymore um but i don't remember this game ever being there because i definitely would have begged and begged and pleaded to get this um so it wasn't for a few years, unfortunately, that I got to experience this. But when I did, it was like it, such a a moment for me because I'm a I'm a big Nintendo person. I love Nintendo games, and you know Mario and, and Zelda are some of my favorite uh, titles just in general. Um, so when at this point in time, like now, where we're spoiled with Mario, Mario does everything. Mario races go karts and plays sports and has board games and all of these other things. Mm-hmm. And back then that was, you know, there was a little bit of that. Uh, There's always kind of been a little bit of that. But uh, this was one of the things that was, you know, just very different for me. And part of that was probably because I never really played RPGs at that point in my Mm -hmm. life. So it was kind of just a lot of different aspects that were very alluring about this game. So when I was finally able to you know, get on my AOL internet connection and get this downloaded and put onto my computer. Uh, it was, it was something that I spent countless hours just, you know, pining over and, and playing over and over again um, until eventually, uh, you know, it, it came to the Wii Virtual Console, as you had mentioned, and I, you know, bought that immediately and played it again. And then sometime probably also around then. So this would have been like, I would have been earlier than that, maybe, maybe like 2007 ish area. I went and bought, I, I found a good price on a physical copy of this game and I have this game and I am very happy to keep it on my shelf in nice condition. I also now have at this point uh, a Japanese version, a box version of the game. Cause I just, I love this game. This game, it mm. it's, it, it's weird. And I'm sure we'll get to it as we've, you know, we're, we've both played the remake. Um, I personally still think it holds up as maybe not a masterpiece, but it is definitely like a classic RPG for me. Like it is something that I would absolutely recommend to people. It's something that still means a lot to me. And I think still holds up in a lot of ways, um, with the remake, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it's, it's something special. And I think that if you like turn-based RPGs and if you like, are interested in you know the Mario universe. I think it's absolutely something that 
you should experience, even though, you know, it's gone on to make what some people would argue, you know, better versions of Mario RPG games with, you know, certain Paper Mario games or Mario Luigi games. And I, I won't poo poo on that. This one just means a lot to me because it was the first. Yeah. Um, I do. I do like Superstar Saga and, and some of the other Paper Mario games as well. But yeah, I, it's it's one of those games and kind of just a brief tangent. My first emulation, my first ROM experience was with Pokemon Gold and Silver was with Gen 2. I had a awesome. neighbor that had uh, downloaded the Japanese version and put it on a hard disk, you know, one of those floppy disks. Oh, wow. for me, that was that was my first uh, foray into the, the shady world of emulation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you, you hit the nail on the head. This was such a departure and such a shock. Like this was the original like Kingdom Hearts. I, I feel like the reaction to Super Mario RPG back in the day was very similar to what eventually would happen with Kingdom Hearts, like Square and Nintendo making an art Mario RPG. This is nuts or Square and Disney like this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um but it 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 just works so well and has so much charm. I it, it just oozes charm, I feel. Um absolutely. And revisiting it with the remake um it, it recaptured all that and I fell in love all over again with it cuz it had been years since I played through this game and being able to re-experiencing it was uh, was great and largely untouched. Like a lot of the things, uh, the experience overall, I, I feel was really, really untouched. Even the script, I think, wasn't touched that much. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right there. Uh, and it's funny too that you you said this was kind of like a like an early a pre Kingdoms Hearts Kingdom Hearts moments because mm-hmm. I kind of feel like there's a universe where. Square didn't abandon Nintendo for the PlayStation in that in that uh, coming generation. Mm-hmm. And th- this would have been Kingdom Hearts. Like maybe we never would have got Kingdom Hearts. And instead we would have just got this separate line of games that was like, you know, Mario Universe crossing over with Final Fantasy Universe. Yeah. Because I mean, that would be interesting. That would have been wild. It, it would have been kind of cool. I, I still I I saw a quote somewhere from I think it was from uh, one of the one of the original game directors uh, for this game saying that they would love to, you know, make a true sequel to this game. And mm-hmm. I, I, for one, would love for that to happen someday. 100 um, percent. I never grabbed on to the Paper Mario games or the um Mario and Luigi games as much as I really grabbed onto this game. There's just something special about this game that I just admittedly, I haven't put as much time into the Mario and Luigi games um, as I ha- have with paper Mario, but there's just something about this game. It's just, it's just special. It just nails it. I feel, you, you know what it is. I think, cause I, I can kind of like, I can understand that someone that loves Mario RPG, not necessarily clinging on to paper Mario or, the Mario Luigi series as much mm-hmm. simply because and not not for a bad reason but I feel like Paper Mario and Mario Luigi are they feel more like games set in the Mushroom Kingdom and set in like a Mario world where Mario RPG it just it had so many other elements I mean your yeah. first party members are not 
Nintendo character. You know, the, like yeah. they're new characters. They're not Bowser or or Peach that you get later. You get Mallow and Gino first. And I think that in itself, it was just like such a strong, you know, narrative pull. And it, it's just also, especially as a kid playing it for the first time, but even now revisiting it, because I, I agree with you, like playing through this uh, again, you know, on the remake, I it recaptured a lot of that kind of just the the silliness hits still it's still you know super yeah. super funny in you know visual ways which a game set in this type of art style obviously it's a little updated now but just even when you know the characters are reacting to the story that's happening or they're retelling recapping events in the story it's just it's it's bursting with so much mm-hmm. uh in its limited ways that i think and not that the other two series don't do that because I think they do as well. But it was just this is it's just something different and special. And I'm a Gino sicko. So, oh, Gino that, for life, Gino, Gino forever. That says enough about me is just, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those people that's like put Gino in smash. And I've been that way for yeah. <laughs> forever. I will so. never not be disappointed that Gino wasn't included in smash like as an legit character like yeah, yeah he, he got an outfit but uh, or a, a meef outfit but just not it's not the, the same. same it's not the same it's not the same he's such uh, a cool character i mean i i right? i feel like the the community goes nuts for gino and rightfully so and especially revisiting it now like i think mallow also deserves like flowers because i i love mallow too i just but mm. gino's just my guy gino had that like cool character like that cool character vibe like yes. mellow is like solid like he's funny but i re- like even growing up and stuff i get why there wasn't that much appeal because like one of the first times you see him he's just crying yes. there's nothing wrong with crying but then you see gino is like i'm just gonna go solo this guy and i have Mega Man cannon arms yeah um oh, gino's so cool he's just so cool right just so I, good. I I really think it would be an almost entirely different game if you were to get Bowser and Peach in your party before the Mallow mm-hmm. and Gino story beats hit. Just I feel like their 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 stories are so crucial to this game. Not that Bowser's and Peaches aren't, but they're almost like the the, the background stories because it's really about yeah. like it's kind of like your 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 quest is Gino. Yeah, your quest is saving Star Road. So it's a uh, Man, such a good game. I love this game so much. I, I was kinda, I was kind of nervous, I'm not going to lie, when the re- when the remake got announced, I was like jumped out of my roof. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't be happier. I didn't ever think they would do that and super super excited for them to actually do this. But I was kind of nervous as it got closer cuz I was like this is such a special game to me and mm-hmm. not that I think they would mess it up. I it was more of I haven't replayed it in a long time. Like I've, I've like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I couldn't say the last time I played through the whole thing. I've, when it came on like the NES classic, like the first thing I did was like, or super Nintendo classic. The first thing I did was, you know, boot it up. Cause of course. Um, so the last time I probably would have played through at least a portion. I don't know if I, I played through the whole thing would have been on the Wii virtual console. So I was just more so nervous of like, I hope my opinion of the game doesn't change. Like, I hope it's still mm-hmm. like, even if the game has faults or isn't good, I hope it doesn't like shatter my rose tinted glasses just because I, I love this game so much. Yeah. Um, and I and I guess that's a, a good segue and a good part to kind of wheel it into the, this remake territory. 
what uh what's been your thought on the remake i think it's i think it's really well done i mean i think a lot of the quality of life stuff especially that they added into this and like it, it definitely makes the game easier um mm-hmm. but i also kind of i don't know if i want to play a hard turn-based game there's plenty of options for me like this is not i'm not looking at this game for that i just i kind of want to exist in this world and it you know hang out with these characters and play through a a pretty breezy like 10-ish hours game like it's not that long and i think they they did the right amount of obviously the visuals are are different and you know they Mm -hmm. have the updated uh soundtrack but you can also switch to the original music if you want I think they just they did the right amount of touches to this that I think didn't overstep and change things or, you know, uh, potentially do something that would have made it a a, a poor remake. I, I think they for yeah. what for what they were doing with this, like, I guess there's a difference of did people want like a Final Fantasy seven remake version of this where it's like a retelling and mm-hmm. all these different things or you just want something that's, you know playable on your current hardware that has some nice touches to it that make it you know just more pleasing to play in the modern era i think they they kind of nailed it with all those things yeah i for me so i played through this and reviewed it for rpg site and i very much agree with you it i enjoy and appreciate the um the new features they added to make and I 100% agree, it makes the game easier. I think my issue with it is they added the new features, which that in itself, I don't mind. I think they were cool, but they didn't balance the game with those new features added. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I'm glad they have, they had the easy mode, like the difficulty options available. I wish they did have a hard mode that you could select or an option to toggle off some of the new benefits. Like I didn't mind like with the um, action gauge, you could choose whether or not you take advantage of uh, the, the triple attacks or the special move, like the Mm -hmm. limit breaks. Um, But I wish I could turn off the option or turn off the ability where perfect time hits deal air aoe damage yeah yeah because that that aspect it like definitely makes a lot of the encounters easier especially the boss fights right and i what annoyed me and really bummed me out was being able to tag in party members for free and i wasn't a fan that if you party wiped it automatically swapped in your two remaining characters oh i didn't know it did that See, I was curious because it's like, okay, I just will choose not to swap in characters. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I wonder what will happen if I party wipe. So I purposely party wiped and then it instantly swapped in the two additional fighters into the party. And it's like, then it, it I felt like that auto switching or that kind of emergency swap in just, t- it takes it from being a, th- kind of a strategic okay these are the three characters i'm gonna go in with and we'll see how it goes to you have it's a five person party at that point and the encounters just especially boss encounters just aren't balanced 
around these new features and that was that bummed me out but at the same time though i think this is perhaps the best introductory rpg that's on the market right now for sure 100 percent, i agree with you on there i didn't even think about that and I, I think you are right like i don't i didn't personally mind that those uh, quality of life things and you know tweaks to make the game essentially mm-hmm. easier were there but a, a toggle i think would have really been the easy like solution to you know appease anybody like hey you want to you want to play with these features on cool you want to not play with them on also cool because uh, they because yeah they seemingly did not really balance the game either way around that so i don't see how that would have uh, affected the game if they added a toggle yeah and it's like i even went through i compared like the health and the stats of enemies compared to the original SNES. since like enemies don't have more health so mm-hmm. the area of effect really hits harder which will impact bosses because they have many of the bosses rely on kind of overwhelming numbers or multiple numbers. But if you can take out the smaller enemies, it kind of doesn't work. But at the same time, though, none of this made me hate or not like this remake. It's simply yeah. it made me appreciate it for this is a great like first step for people to get into the genre and I legitimately cannot wait to introduce my son in a few years to this game. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited for that. And I'm ha- perfectly content and happy. Like when I want to go and re-experience Super Mario RPG, I'm ha- perfectly happy and content replaying the original Super Nintendo one if I want that, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I think you're like absolutely right, though, that this is it's not only a, just a great game, but it is a great like introductory rpg and it's you know it is mario too so it already has this you know mainstream appeal ready for it so uh, i hope that this becomes a ripple effect for you know gaining new rpg fans and you know growing a, a genre that you know we both love um that i think has definitely over the last decade for sure taken a lot bigger mainstream swings and i think a lot more people who maybe weren't playing rpgs before are definitely in that in that basket now but this Mm -hmm. is a great way for it's kind of the the thing that like i'll always appreciate about pokemon pokemon i think is also just a great like onboarding for the genre um this one is i I think a lot easier for a lot of reasons you're not managing you know different monsters and stuff like that you kind of just get your party and ready to go but i think yeah, I, I'm excited for the hopeful ripple effect that this would have for just, you know, growing, getting more people to play games that, you know, there are plenty of ones that sell well and people love. But if this could lead to someone else playing like a uh, shout out for for you and, and Cam, a Trails in the Sky game, then that's fantastic. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. And it's uh it's so wild because I vaguely remember. So let's see, I was about eight years old when the original came out. So I was born in 88, but just seeing how the RPG genre and so many RPG mechanics has kind of seeped into every other genre of video game. It feels like mm-hmm. um, in the nowadays, and it's so much more of an accepted and touted and uh, uh, beloved genre than it was back then and to your point i think so many people are much more 
willing to explore this with i mean this is a great entry point if you're a bit older there's so many people singing the praises of like Baldur's gate this year mm-hmm. um and there's just so many of these great games octopath traveler um our, our bud michael hyam singing its praises mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. over at gamestop or GameSpot and everything it's it it's so good to see and yeah who knows who i think this game will be paired with the family friendly nature of the switch in general this will be such a great jumping off point this will be i'm going to be curious to see in say 10 15 years how many people like you like you with pokemon come back and say i i fell in love with the this genre with this hobby thanks to super mario rpg mm-hmm. I, one could only hope because that would yeah. make me happy <laughs> oh yeah um but that this kind of got me thinking as I was look, getting ready for this episode and realizing that we a, a specific Legend of the Seven Stars episode was done a few years ago for the show. Um, what's kind of your take on the growth and popularity of in, in approaches to the remake craze that we're kind of in right now? I think it's... It's definitely a multi-layered topic across the board. Mm-hmm. I think I think part of it is the industry as a whole is not great about game preservation. So that in that regard, I welcome things that, you know, are hard to play or hard to get or hard to experience, you know, mm-hmm. trapped on older platforms or, or whatever it may be to get that push forward because that's that's great. Um I also think that, you know, different than other mediums, if you're going to watch an old movie, I mean, you're just going to watch an old movie if you have access to it. Whereas if you're going to play an old game, I mean, game design has changed so drastically over the last, you know, every decade, every five years, it it makes major leaps. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one thing certain games can stand the test of time and they, you know, they might feel dated in some ways, but they can stand the test of time and they can move forward and still be enjoyed and played uh, with minimal, you know, like, Oh, this is tough to play. But, you know, especially if you were to remove uh, the the personal nostalgia, if you're playing something that maybe hasn't aged well, but you have personal nostalgia for it, you might be able to, you know, deal with some of those hiccups or overlook some of the, dated gameplay or whatever it may be. So I think that when it comes to just getting stuff pushed forward, I, I'm happy for more of that. I think in some regards, it's maybe a little unwarranted or unnecessary, but I I think there have been a lot of great ones. And then, you know, I think there's that line too, of you, you get the total high end of it, which is, Final Fantasy VII, which they're mm-hmm. not just remaking, they're retelling it. It's it's a whole different experience. It's it's definitely meant to be a new thing and not necessarily just a a very pretty version of the original, which is fine and great. Like that's awesome. Um, and then you get things like you know Resident Evil Four remake that came out this year, where it's like it's it's a very good reformulation of a game that you know people love. People say it's one of the best games of all time, but if they were to boot up the GameCube and play that maybe without nostalgia, 
or a new person wanted to play it for the first time. I I haven't played the GameCube version since then, so I don't know if it holds up well, but it might not. So something like that, I I welcome. Um, Mm -hmm. But but then on on the other side of things, too, like like Alive Alive, a game that, you know, we didn't have in the West over here that um, I'm not exactly sure what the difference is between the original and the switch Mm -hmm. version are but stuff like that i'm super happy to experience because it's just those things are are lost and hard to come by and you know it's it's like the mother of three thing which might be the only other game i've ever uh downloaded a rom for because Mm -hmm. it's not available here and you have to have fans translate it and there's just all these other layers that make things inaccessible um so i I think there are at this point probably in my opinion more positive remakes than there are like, you know, someone might consider something like a cash grab or something like that. Totally not uh a Last of Us part 2 yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> 2 years after Exactly. or whatever. Yep. Yeah, it uh and live and live I I need Square to remake so many games in that style. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping I need Bahamut Lagoon. Like that's that's the one I'm hoping for. But um, recently, I played. Th- Go ahead. We are we are getting a drag a Dragon Quest HD 2D yeah. remake, right? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, Dragon Quest three uh, HD 2D. I love that style. I think they have come so far in nailing that look. Uh, Octopath is gorgeous. Like <laughs> Octopath is fantastic, um, and Live a Live is gorgeous. And I just need more. And from the early reveal they showed of Dragon Quest Three HD Two D, it looked gorgeous. But mm-hmm. I need Bahamut Lagoon. I, I honestly, I don't want a three D remake of like a Final Fantasy Six or a Chrono Trigger. But if you did an HD 2D remake of those games, 100% here for it. Yeah. I think it is so... I think it translates the 16, 16-bit era RPGs so much better, like captures that magic so much better than just throwing it into like 3D models. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, th- I think that... Well, I hope. I hope yeah. that things like Octopath 2 and whenever the Dragon Quest 3 HD 2D comes out, that it's it performs well enough that there is value to them to continue to to do that and and on both sides of it being like here are beloved you know final fantasy and dragon quest and other super nintendo rpgs or early ps1 rpgs that you know mm-hmm. are just they exist in the ether or they are locked to like psn or something weird you know steam store ios like put these in more places and i i, I hope mm-hmm. that they continue to do that because there's like I don't know what Bahamut Lagoon is. I know what it is because you said it, and I think that I would trust the professor's opinion. So yeah, give me that too. I want to play it. I want to experience it for the first time. So basically, Bahamut Lagoon. Think of it as a mix. If Square took Final Fantasy and mixed it with Fire Emblem, so oh, you move okay. around. You move around a grid based environment, um, and but when you get into combat. It's a turn-based, like side, side view Final Fantasy esque hack and or combat, hmm. and you raise dragons, uh, bah- thus like Bahamut in like a 
monster tamer kind of way. You can feed them and you evolve them into different forms and all sorts of stuff. Um, but that's one of those games that never made it over here. It was a Super Nintendo game late in the life cycle that never made it over here. So oh, all the more reason to, to all put the more some reason. of these. Up. Yeah, like there are so many, especially on the Super Nintendo, there are so many mm-hmm. great RPGs that would absolutely like I, I think the, there is enough of a fan base there that, you know, if it mm-hmm. was ported or made for the right system, I think that people would would show up for it. Yeah. Um, and it's another one of those games that had a really dedicated fan base that fan translated it and and did all sorts of great stuff. Um, but I recently played through the incredibly fantastic kind of remaster of star ocean the second story r and loved it that's another amazing that one's more of a remaster than a full-blown remake that i that i that i would classify um super mario as but i i love that these games are coming out and there's like you said before there's such a wide kind of swinging pendulum of quality with a lot of these games but i think developers are starting to realize that if they put a bit of money into it mm-hmm. um that they'll they'll really get paid off i mean last year we had the the really good tactics ogre remake um on modern platforms and there's the constant rumor of the final fantasy tactics stuff it's 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 wild but i'm yeah. glad to i'm glad to see it glad to play him again yeah I agreed i i would love like uh, I even though I'm in the middle, sort of very slowly this year, playing through Chrono Trigger for the first time. I have I have a DS copy, so oh nice. I've been playing through that very slowly this year because uh, I mean it's just it's not like a priority thing. It's just it's basically once I finished Sea of Stars, I was like okay, all right, I'll go play Chrono Trigger now. <laughs> um, so I just I I think there's definitely room for at the bare minimum like the 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 bangers like chrono trigger if that got even just a very minimal port to modern platforms i think that would i think people would flock to that oh yeah and that's what like there's so many of these games that there are roms like they've been ported digitally before like super mario rpg was on wii chrono trigger all these games have been digitally made like they should have the roms it just seems like such a no-brainer to me to just throw them digitally up on these storefronts. I mm-hmm. don't I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre. Like I, I get it if you want to maybe skip one or two platforms and just like choose one and go for it. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of silly, I think, that some of the the bigger names, the you know, the names that make their 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 place on, you know, every top whatever list of RPGs or something. It's yeah. it's kind of silly to not to dive into those. And I don't think releasing the original ones would prevent or re- reduce sales if they did do like a full blown remake or like an HD2D version. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you if Nintendo put on Chrono Trigger on their or their Nintendo service, and then you know a year down the road or even six months, it's like, hey, we're releasing this upgraded one. I mean, it, Atlas did it with Persona Three and Persona Three Portable. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't think them doing Persona Three Portable and then reloaded uh, in a in a couple months 
I don't think it'll hurt reloaded sales. So yeah, it's just so silly. It is. It is kind of silly. silly. It it always seems to me too like there are things, especially now with just how big video games are in general. I, I feel like there are just things that I don't know. They almost seem, seem like a sure thing. Like you you mm-hmm. put you put Chrono Trigger out there on you know even if it's just a digital release, like you said, throw it on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. I I don't know if there is there is there a Steam version of Chrono Trigger. I have no idea. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, like, that released a while ago, um, a number of years ago. Oh, and just as a total aside, I can I, my Cam, our buddy Cam Hawkins, uh, my Cam Hawkins sense was tingling. Nintendo of America, <laughs> forty three seconds ago, announced that the Sora amiibo was launching on February sixteenth. So whoa, um, Nintendo of America tweeted that out. So with a picture of it. But my my cam senses were tingling. Yeah, so cam, cam must cam. be in a coma right now. Seeing that, yeah, yeah, overhanging with the Easy Ally folks in mm-hmm. in LA. But so, what are some games that you would want to see remade or like remade or remastered from your youth? What are formative RPGs, Brendan? Hmm. That's an interesting one. I think that like I I think I would maybe be most excited just about the games that I never got to play that people do talk mm-hmm. very highly about like a Final Fantasy uh 6 or um I mean I would still selfishly take a Chrono Trigger even though I'm playing it on the TS like I I would take that but I there's always like games like Illusions of Gaia that I know yeah. very little about but it's always been something like recommended to me and I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. someday, someday I'll play that. And I just, I, I never have. Um, and I think stuff like that is what would probably at this point, at least in the RPG realm of things, be something that piques my interest the most. Um, what about you? What, what are you, some of your um, wants? For me, it's Bahamut Lagoon, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. but in a similar vein, I would love to get either remasters or just localizations, maybe slightly enhanced ports of the Tales games we didn't get or like Ooh, the PlayStation okay. Tales games, because those we we got kind of the crappy GBA version of Tales of Fantasia, the first one. But I would love to see like a Star Ocean second story, our remake of Tales of Fantasia. I think that would be incredible. Um, I would love to get a similar thing with tales of destiny that initially that was the first tales game we got in the west um but get a kind of an enhanced thing of that give us some of the games that we've never got before mm-hmm. um yeah th- that would be very exciting to me like that that was like immediately why uh is it live a live because i've been calling it live alive i don't know okay <laughs> Um, I, I I've heard live alive, live alive. I've heard live alive. I think it's you know. Okay. Well, regardless of whatever the proper way to say it is, like that that was kind of one of the big reasons why I was attracted to that game. I still need to go mm-hmm. finish it, but I it was like, oh, this is something I have never been able to play before. So this is just it's one of those things that I as a kid I never would have known unless it was like in nintendo power or something and now as an adult i'm like oh give me these things that were you know these unattainable gems uh i i guess i would also 
kind of, and, and I think they sh- should do this just to maybe gauge interest, even though there is interest, but I, I think they probably want to see uh, money up front in some way. So, mm-hmm. you know, re- redo Earthbound or, you know, do, do like a, maybe yeah. do a mother, mother one, mother two remake as like a single thing or something. And then, you know, see, see how yeah. that does. But I, I would, I, I, I've played Earthbound. I have not played Mother One, but I definitely mm-hmm. Earthbound's great. It's a it's a groundbreaking RPG. It is very very charming and very funny. It doesn't hit for me the way yeah. that like that, which I I feel like it is a game that should like I feel like it has the components that I want. Um, maybe I just need to replay it as like now in my in today's time mm-hmm. and see if it if it hits differently for me like i don't dislike it and i like that cast yeah. of characters and that world and i think it's funny but it never i don't know it never like it didn't resonate the same way that like my rpg does yeah i think for me it was the aesthetic like the setting mm-hmm. just the idea of running around beating things with a bat and sh- shooting up bottle rockets just don't interest me as much or don't draw me in as much as throwing fireballs or or all those things mm-hmm. um but but yeah like you it like i get it's draw it's a fun game to play it just isn't one of those that oh my gosh i i yes you know um it's got its charm and i i, I enjoy it but it's definitely not on like my top 20 yeah yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, it, you know what? It, it is due. I am due to revisit that game because yeah. I, I think the last time that I played that would have been when it launched on the Wii Virtual Shop as well. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's due for a, for a revisit. Because when the, because the Wii came out in what two thousand seven, <sighs> around then. We're 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 close in age. So the Wii came out yeah. for me my senior year of high school. Okay, so and I was I was uh I was born in eighty nine. Okay, uh yeah, I think it was it was no it was two thousand six. Two thousand six then. Okay. Yeah, Maybe it was released November right. nineteenth, two thousand six, in uh in North America. Uh, yeah, wow. So at, at some point shortly after that, it would have, you know, the virtual console would have got Earthbound within the next few years. I don't I don't know when it came out there but so i mean yeah the last time that i played it you know that was that was mm-hmm. 10 years or plus more so i'm i'm maybe due for that as a as a 30 something year old man to re- revisit how, on it how is the we almost a year away it's, from being considered an adult it's, legally it's an adult wild it's wild oh gosh i remember i worked at eb games at the time and i remember working that holiday because both the playstation 3 and the nintendo wii came out that same year Mm -hmm. they came out the same week that's right and i only know that because i camped outside for a a wii (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i think i think the way it lined up somehow they released in the same week just not on the same day i think the Mm -hmm. playstation came out a few days before um so we when we were waiting when we were getting geared up to wait for the Wii, um like all most of my well, I guess it was not most, but a good amount of my other friends were like 
they were PlayStation. And it was mm-hmm. like, because, I don't know, stupid console war nonsense. But, like, in high school, it was always like, I, like, I, I play everything, but I've always been, like, yeah. in the Nintendo thing. I just, I like Nintendo games. I like those characters. That's just kind of where I find myself. And it was always, like, because, you know, this would be prior to the Wii coming out. It was, like, I love Wind Waker, and Metro Prime is fantastic. Um, and it was always, like, oh, you like kid games, not like, not like, it's like, what is happening right now? Like <laughs> they're all good games. Just why, why they're not kid yeah. games. They're just games. Um, but all the people that were waiting for PS3 came and like heckled us while we were mm-hmm. waiting for the Wii. And I don't know. I'll just, I'll never forget that. It was just like a very weird, like tribalistic, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're all waiting outside in, in the cold, like, you know we're all nerds we're all doing this like there's no there's no difference here we are all the same person right now yeah i remember because i worked at eb games at the time i was able to reserve a wii and i picked it up along with red steel and super monkey ball Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i remember i had a friend stay over that night so we just ran home opened it up played Wii sports till the wee hours of the morning mm-hmm. and uh i was i was just blown away with red steel because it had its main character was name was scott and that's legitimately the only reason i ke- ever kept it and never carried <laughs> it in because so few games have scott as a main character so that's true that's true uh, red steel was good though I, I remember liking red steel yeah it was it was oh man i can swing around my Wiimote and use it as a katana. This is the best thing ever. Look at, look at all this. Yeah. It's, um, wow. I can't believe it's already almost been, uh, it's been 17 years. Yeah. Wow. Get, time, that, time that, is... that, that, that makes me feel old. <laughs> that, that makes my knee ache. No, not, not us talking about what <laughs> a 1996 game. No, <laughs> But we're talking about the 2023 remake. That's fair. That's true. And only referencing it. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Plus, I don't have like too many memories from the original Super Mario RPG. Like, I remember renting it and I remember playing it and watching my older brother like play it and developing attachment to it and the characters. Um, But like, I had I, I had graduated high school. I was in in between um like starting up college when the Wii came out and it's just yeah it's just wild and now i have a kid and a house and responsibilities and i'm still fucking talking about video games it's great Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's all full circle because your kid's first first rpg might be mario rpg it's possible he was watching me play it so you never know (laughs) you you never know his first uh, word is gino yeah uh, that would that would raise a lot of questions. <laughs> um, that's another thing with uh, the remake, kind of bringing it back for a second. I was not a fan of the um, like I like some of the cinematics, like especially the limit breaks. But it was it felt weird to me and awkward how the cuts like the story cut scenes were none of them were voiced, but they had just a giant text on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Like the, visually I liked them, but yeah, the, yeah. the weird on screen text was kind of much. It's like, uh, it's, it's 2023, 20, but okay. 
but um yeah so super mario rpg wonderful wonderful game um how's how where do you think or does this rank anywhere in your uh top games of 2023 um it's it's weird so i mean to kind of like inside baseball break the podcast a little bit right now you you had asked me last week if i if i'd want to do this a week ago and i super excited super happy i love this game i absolutely want to come on um but I, at that point, had not played the remake. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe let, you know, can we work something out? Because I'd love to be able to talk about the remake as well. So, you know, blasted through it over the weekend, had a blast. But initially, like I, like I had said kind of at the top of the podcast, I was happy to see that a lot of the reviews were very positive about the game. Because I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the game does hold up. Maybe it's great. But I was still so weirdly reserved about breaking my own like nostalgia childhood like i don't like not that i ever think any game will hit this type of way for me but a good example is like goldeneye on the nintendo 64 love that game fantastic game put thousands of hours of that game in my uh, thousands of hours into that game in my youth and I don't know if you have tried to play a game like that now, but like that game now does not play well. And it's like, so like it it doesn't Mm -hmm. ruin the game for me, but it's, it's a situation of like, wow, like I'll probably never play that again because it's just, it doesn't feel good to really play anymore, which is unfortunate. And I, I wasn't expecting that level of like break for this game, but it's Mm -hmm. just such a oddly special game to me that, I haven't played in a long time and I was like, Oh, I, I, I just hope it doesn't, I don't, my opinion doesn't change of the game. Yeah. And I was kind of just like, Oh, I have a lot of other stuff I'm playing the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of was just for both reasons, being a little bit busy with other stuff that I had to play and kind of this weird, you know, Oh no, maybe it's not going to hit the same. Uh, yeah. I was just kind of like putting it off like, Oh, I'll play it like late December like relaxing or like, you know, in January or something. And in a weird way, I'm like super happy that you kind of pushed me to like, you asked me to come on, pushed me to play it because Mm -hmm. it's fucking fantastic. Like it's just such a good game. And I don't even remember what your original question was. I just went down a weird rabbit hole. um, If you would place it somewhere on, like in your top 10 of the year or something. Um, It's weird because I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that, I think. And and I'm hopefully trying to squeeze at least one or two more games into into my year before December ends. Um, one of those being I'm like maybe getting sort of close to the Octopath 2 midpoint and I would like to finish that game because um, mm-hmm. I, I just think that game would probably find its way on my top 10 personally. Um, hmm. I think for for like me personally, it would Mario RPG would probably still make my top ten somewhere, just because it it is just a delightful game. Um, yeah, it's not like doing anything brand new or, or or breaking the the mold like a all these other you know like we're in a year of games like Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate three and and Alan Wake two like games that are just like doing you know monumentally mm-hmm. incredible things, uh, which doesn't mean games like. Mario RPG can't be great and enjoyable and you know, whatever they want to be for you. But it, it would, it would be a thing of like, 
yeah, I personally love this game, so it'll probably be on my top 10, but I can absolutely see this game kind of like not being that for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess, yeah, probably it probably land its way on, on my list somewhere. Yeah, it's uh 2023 made me very tired with just how many banger games came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, just so, so, so many games it, it's um, of quality. Um, too bad that the rest of the game industry were kind of garbage trash yep. uh, with the layoffs and garbage like that. Yeah, that that stuff is is like uh, undeniably terrible. Um, yeah. Uh, but do you think it would land on your top 10 for the year? I don't think it would. OK, Um, I think it was really solid, but the game not being balanced for the additions do does hurt it for me yeah um i i i'm perfectly content i value it and i appreciate it much more as that beginner rpg player experience as opposed to a game that i would kind of go back to i would 100 percent go back to legend of seven stars the super nes version mm-hmm. i don't know if i, I I would be fine watching like my kid play this. Yeah. Um, as opposed to picking it back up myself. Yeah. Um, unless it, like they added like a hard mode or, or adjusted things um, to maybe give me more of that original kind of experience and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's incredibly solid. But in, I think a lot of other years where there maybe aren't quite as many banger games coming out, especially RPGs, I could see it having been on one of those, but this year it's a, it's a stacked list. Yeah, exactly. I, I had two trails games this year. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're I had Mega Man Battle Network. I had Final Fantasy, Baldur's Gate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Resident Evil, just to, just to name a quick few. So, um, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? It'll be interesting. Um, I mean, tomorrow we have the game awards, so it'll be interesting to see where everything shakes out. So, yeah, I'm I'm at the bare minimum. I'm just, I'm happy this game, this yes. version of this game exists. Like, I'm happy it's here. One thousand percent. I think it's like all the things you said. It's awesome that this is available for, you know, all types of people, whether it's your first RPG or you're you know new to rpgs or you're a seasoned rpg player and you've never played it like i think it yeah. it can it can check boxes for you uh yeah. but i also think you're right like it, it does it's not this but it, i'm i'll be curious to see someone like cam hawkins who've referenced like 17 times in this episode who never played super mario rpg mm-hmm. um who who is gonna play this version for the first time i wonder how the game would be for them um i, I think those kind of opinions uh, I'm interested in seeing not that it's going to change my enjoyment or love for the game. I, I think I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm curious to see how, you know, someone who plays a lot of JRPGs or turn-based RPGs um, would, and someone who's played a lot of, I know Cam yeah. loves, uh, I think Cam loves the soup, the uh, Mario and Luigi games more than the paper Mario games overall. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm curious to see with someone who has played a bunch of other Mario RPG games, what they think of the OG. Yeah, well, we'll have to ask him. Yeah. Um, one last question before we get to a couple of the, the submissions. Uh, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but in the intro, I one of the things I introduced you as was the nerdy mixologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, did you make a drink for Super Mario RPG? 
I did. I made the Gino and Juice. That's right. Uh, do you remember <laughs> what's in it? Yes. We should have been. We should have been drinking Gino and juices. You know, it's funny. And, I, and I, I thought of that. I thought about like suggesting it. I was like, "Hey, do you, do you want to make some uh, Gino and juices for this?" Uh, so, if you, so I, as Scott had mentioned, I, I make a lot of drinks, and I like to pair them with video games, and you know, name them after them or whatever. So. If you're interested in that, I also did a Baldur's Gate 3 drink this year related to RPGs. Um, and it might be the, oh, I did a Sea of Stars drink too. I did a lot of RPG drinks this year, apparently. Um, shout out to Sea of Stars. Did you like Sea of Stars? I know, weird tangent. I, I am playing through it right now. Oh, okay. How far are you? Um, I've left the school, so I'm officially Solstice Warriors. And then okay. I just meet, met up with the um, historian with the journal. For the first time. Okay. And she's okay. kind of hanging out with us in our campsites now. Okay, cool. Are you enjoying it so far? I am. I, okay. I, I'm such a sucker for good pixel art, man. It's so good. That Sabotage was, is very good at pixel art. It's so, so good. And funny enough, uh, about a week and a half or so before I started Sea of Stars, I went through and beat Messenger for the first time because I know it's a prequel yes. and everything. So Did you like the Messenger? I did. Okay, um, cool. I think I liked it better. I, I think I liked it more when it was the, the stage format as opposed to kind of the Metroidvania-esque. Okay. Um, but no, still solid game. Lo- the con- controlled so well. Yeah, um, it's, it's it very good. It felt really good to play. That is um, one, of, one of my favorite games of all time. I yeah. love the Messenger. And uh, Sea of Stars, I know, still in this weird honeymoon phase, but I, I Sea of Stars hit, 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 hit very well for me. Like, for me... My my game of the year is Tears of the Kingdom. It's hard to not be, but like Sea of Stars is is the game below that. Like Sea of Stars is like my number two game this year. I I loved that game. I loved the characters. I really hope you also enjoy it. Um, because I've been I, loving it. I think I it love is the timing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the the combat's so good. It's but the, the there's a lot of really good there. Um, and if you. Ah, all right. Whenever you get further in that game, feel free to to ping me whenever about about your thoughts because I I'm curious. I, I'll you can be my Sea of Stars buddy that I, I gush to and nerd out when crazy things happen. Hell yeah, yeah. I because I like when that game came out, I did like two of my own podcasts on it. I did a spoiler cast. I was on another podcast about it. I was like, I'll talk about this anywhere, please. I love this game so much. It's so good. <laughs> Um, but back to the Gino and juice. So I, I, I make, you know, little videos and, and recipes for, for certain games. So, uh, the Gino and juice is a quarter ounce of lime juice, an ounce and a half of dry gin, uh, depending on your glass size, three to five ounces of grapefruit juice, and then an ounce of blue curacao. And then I took two lemon peel or I peeled two lemon peels and curled them and hung them on the outside of the glass, like Gino's like little hair flips mm-hmm. so super super crispy drink it's very refreshing um but yeah I, I do silly things with drinks and video games sometime i might commission you uh to make a rpg university cocktail the I'd official cocktail of the university we are not the only ones that love Super Mario RPG and this remake, so we're gonna we had a few submissions, so we're going to go around the web and quickly share those. 
First up, we have Trevor Starkey, previous guest uh, over on Twitter. He submitted, One of my favorite memories from the game growing up was the bit on Booster's Tower where you could go behind a curtain and transform into 8-bit Mario. 11-year-old Trevor ate that up as a kid, and it still brought a smile to my face with the remake. And the whole thing where Smithy was such a big threat that Mario and Bowser had to team up to take it down was just such a cool idea back then. And at the Underburbs from Twitter say the entire Booster arc for sure. Booster! I want Booster back. I would love to see Booster in like a Mario Kart or a Mario Tennis or something. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Like he's like, he feels like a long lost like Wario sibling mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, I, I'd have to agree with them about like the boot. I think the booster part of that game is like some of like the funnest, like little, it's just, mm-hmm. they, they do fun things with the platforming. There's a lot of visual gags. Uh, it, it's it's a fun little part of that of that game. I I think so many parts of the game just have like their own personality, and it's like the, the same thing. Like I I always liked the I forget what it's called. Um, the the shipwreck. Like I like that. Like the characters down there. Like I there's just so many good little areas with personality. Bo- the booster arc is so good. Yeah, and I love how like he thinks he's a villain but not like yeah he's classified kind of as a villain but he really isn't he's just incredibly stupid and and i love him there's there's a lot of good scenes in that like when you get if you it might actually be a missable thing i think it is a missable thing because i think it's the puzzle you have to select the portraits in order that they appeared on the first floor i think that's what Mm -hmm. is behind that door you get a chain shop weapon for bowser and like that scene with like bowser like rescuing the chain chomp and he's like tells mario to look away and the screen pans to the right like it only it's just it's like silly stuff but mm-hmm. I, it's just i don't know it, it's it's the right level of like goofiness that i think works so well in that universe yeah a thousand percent bring him back just bring back so many i would love to see and i remember you mentioning the twitter of the guy uh being interested in making like a direct sequel or like a, a sequel to Super Mario RPG, I'd mm-hmm. be so here for it. I love so many of the lands like Star Hill, yeah, um, Moleville. I love Booster's Tower. I love the the sunken ship, Balam's Tome or uh, Temple. Just so this game just has so many cool and interesting side characters that I'd love to see. <laughs> brought into more games yeah than just cameos and, and that's the thing too is like again not not a fault for like the mario luigi games or the paper mario games but a lot of that stuff is just like different versions of mario characters or it's like oh you get like a goomba that has a hat on and like has a personality and that's fine and great and it works but i like i like the the other things that are in this because it just it brings so many other elements to the Mario mm-hmm. world that are typically not there um, with people like Booster and uh, is the shark's name Davy Jones? I don't remember. Uh, Johnny. Johnny, okay. Captain Johnny. Captain Johnny. Um, there's just, there's like a lot of just fun characters and, and, and bosses and stuff and I, I think whether they, even if they just live and die in this universe, like a sequel to this where they get to bring these characters back and expand upon these characters and introduce new wacky characters, I just think there's there's so much room there for, for cool mm-hmm. stuff. 
maybe one day. You might be wondering to yourself where you can get your own copy of Super Mario RPG or the original. Well, we are here to help you with that as well. Uh, if you are looking for an original copy of Legend of Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, a loose Super Nintendo cartridge will run you about $80, a complete copy, $340, and if you can find a new copy, according to PriceCharting.com, that will run you close to two grand at $1,960 or just settle for the incredible remake that we've been talking about, which either digitally or physically you can get for $59.99 or $96-ish. So about 60 bucks. So it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth $2,000, but it's definitely worth at least 60 <laughs> But let's say you have gotten, you have procured your own copy of super mario rpg and you might be looking for some help well brendan and i are here to provide you with some tips and advice so brendan what tips or advice would you give to fresh mario rpg players Hmm. i feel like especially if you're going into this with the remake um i think we've talked sort of a bit about how the game can be pretty easy um, I think that as long as you are, cause I, I still think you can get tripped up in combat. So I would say mm -hmm. like patience is still important because if you're just trying to like blow through enemies and like, just like play sort of not dirty, I think, I think you still need a level of str strategy mm -hmm. in the combat specifically. So I would definitely like number one tip would be to play patiently, especially at first and get the timing down. Because if you're not good at like timing your, your bonus mm -hmm. damage attacks, I think the game would be a lot more challenging that way. So I think that's like one of the main things to, to make sure that you can at least get a pretty decent grasp on. I mean, you're not, you might not be able to hit every timed attack, but being able to time your attacks and time your blocks, I think is, is probably like, one of the the bigger things you could make sure to like lock it down yeah if you have any hope of beating the super bosses or the special bosses mm -hmm. um you'll need to get those down but did you did you beat did you 100 percent mm -hmm. the game uh i didn't get all like the hidden chests but i did beat all the secret bosses and the boss uh all that stuff yeah okay cool i i are the, are the hidden bosses much harder i only beat like OG Culex. I did not do anything past that. Um I I wouldn't necessarily say they're harder. It's more each kind of has their own gimmick, which once you figure out how to deal with that gimmick, it's not that bad. Okay. Um and some of them have duplicate gimmicks. Hmm. But Okay. Um but yeah, so uh but for my tip, I would say I would use your flower tabs and flower jars to refill your flower points, which is your MP, because yeah. not only will it boost your max, it will also completely fill your max. That's um, such a pro tip. That is such a pro tip. I don't use the honey pots unless you like absolutely have to in battle, um, because I don't know if you can use flower tabs in combat as like a combat item, but you can use um, them outside of combat. They instantly fill your magic points. Use those and save honey pots and honey jars for inside your uh inside combat so that would be my tip 
Yeah, I think I have one more tip if that's allowed. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I don't know if there's a like a rhythm to it or like a set way it it happens, but I'm pretty sure that m- at least most levels, when you gain a level, one of the categories will have like bonus points. Uh, instead of being like one point up extra on each category, it'll be like two or three sometimes. I think health is always the most. Because I think health usually ranges mm-hmm. between like three and five, but sometimes on the like physical attack defense and the magic attack defense, it'll be more than one point. So, uh, I would definitely like pay attention to that and not just try to be like, oh, I want this character to be like very physically strong because sometimes it's just it just makes more sense to mm-hmm. use the extra points that you're getting on the other category. I don't know if there's like a specific flow to it, but I I definitely noticed it. I was like, oh, I'll because I, you know, Gino is like my my magic dude. So I yeah. usually try to overload Gino with magic. But sometimes I'm like, oh, there's like a, you know, a three bonus on physical attack. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll scoop that this round. Oh, good to know. I did not notice that. That's a good, good thing to check out. And now we get to one of my favorite parts of each episode, the monster or enemy of the week. So, Brennan, what is your favorite monster or enemy from Super Mario RPG that you were sending to the arena this week? Hmm. This this was a tough one. I still don't know if I'm fully, fully, like, committed. Like, there are a lot of great enemies that it's hard to choose from. I think just to match, like the tone of the game mm-hmm. in the episode I might have to give it to Star Slap and nice. that's primarily because when you're in Monstro Town there's a dancing Star Slap in one of the houses uh, and he's also part of like the closing like credits dancing mm-hmm. for like all the monsters so like I, I have to give it to, to Star Slap also, shout out to the new dancing scene that all the characters do during level ups. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Remake. Oh, it's so, so good. good. Um, but yes, yeah, Star Slap, you encounter them in Roseway and then the dancing one in Monster Town. But they have 62 health, attack of 25 with a defense of 24. They have a 0% chance to evade and they drop two coins. They have 100 flower points, a magic attack of 4, magic defense of 10, and a 0% chance to dodge uh, magic. They will reward you with two experience points, and like I said, two coins. Um, they are weak to fire and thunder. They are not strong to anything. They have the recover spell, um, and yeah, they have a 30% chance for a once again uh, bonus flower. Um, they have a morph rate of 100%, and uh, yeah, that when you think or when you do Mallow's dream. Thing, uh, they say they just say they think I'm goofy. That makes me absolutely happy. <laughs> that's what I picked. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, they think I'm goofy, and you are goofy, <laughs> Star Slap. Never change. That is going to do it for this episode of RPG University. Brennan, thank you so much for coming on. This was such a good time. It was Always a blast. good time talking. Yeah, talking no, this, to was, you, sir. this was great. I also, uh, in anticipation for coming on, uh, I usually like 
do my own homework coming on. Like I'm always like, oh, if I haven't like listened to the mm-hmm. show in a while, I'm like, let me throw throw in a recent episode on. And I saw that Kenneth Shepard uh, yeah. was on recently to chat with you. And I listened to that episode uh, last week. And I also want to throw back out there. We all got to get some Street Fighter 6 lobbies going at some point because I, I miss Street Fighter 6. I've, I've fallen off a little bit. And yeah, the two of you were chatting about that a little bit. And it got me. It got me. Thinking. We'll all be rusty together. Exactly. <laughs> we'll all be rusty together. It'll be great. Yeah. Over the holidays, we'll have to get, mm-hmm. get some go- for get sure. Some stuff going. Um, but where can people find you online, Brennan? What do you have cooking? Go ahead and plug away your stuff. Uh, you can find me on all social media stuff at B E G R O O M. And you can find past the controller. You can just go to pastthecontroller.io. That's our website. That'll link you to everything. If you want to see our weekly show, you can get that there. If you want to see the cocktails, you can get that there. If you want to see other things we write or do all that stuff can be found there. It's super easy. Uh, to use that as a jumping off point. Um, things that we have cooking, we are by the end of this year. So as I said, we, we do a weekly podcast. Um, we cover just the the latest and greatest in whatever else we got going on. Uh, but by the end of this year, unless, you know, some, you know, something bad happens in our personal lives, we are on track to hit episode 400 by the end of the year. So uh, looking forward to kind of just ringing in the end of the year with, with the gang uh, to celebrate 400 episodes of the show. Oh, damn. Congratulations. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, it's a weird milestone. I, I realized it like, I don't know, a, a couple months ago that we would probably hit 400 in this mm-hmm. calendar year. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. I should probably start planning a fun episode for that. I don't know. So I don't, I still don't know what that episode's going to be, but looking forward to that. Um, and probably at least one more drink before the year's over. Um, so you can look forward to that too. There's there's some right. other things bubbling underneath, but uh, those those will have to be uh, shared the next time that I'm on RPGU. Well, ho- we'll make sure it's not <laughs> like three years from now, uh, like like this one was. But has it been that long? It was January 2021. I want to say that wow. you were on for um, for yeah, Pokemon yeah. for Pokemon. So it's been a minute, but always good to always good to talk to you. Maybe maybe next time. Um, if you end up going to PAX East, we can we can do a live in-person episode where Ooh. we talk about RPGs and partake in Boston beef sandwiches. That I will not be opposed to. We'll see. We'll just, you know, we have enough tech. We'll just throw a microphone down in the center of the Weston table upstairs and we'll just record an episode with everyone around us. It'll be great. That I, I'm be on fantastic. board. It'll be a sloppy episode, though, with all that, all the beefs, but I'm fine with it. Beefs and booze. It'll be great. That'll be the name of the episode. Okay. I'm on board with that. (laughs) But thank you to each and every one of you who has listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPG University with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or you can share your own favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at ProfessorRPG. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, class dismissed.